Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing today, huh? You guys doing good? Oh, boy, what a week it's been, huh? And what a, what a month it's been, what a year it's been so far. And uh, I'm telling you, it's only going to keep getting better and better and better. And God's going to keep giving us more and more and more. And I'm so excited's not the right word. I'm just expectant for what God's going to do today. And um, what's been happening, you know, in, in this revival is it's, yes, God's moving and there, there's all kind of miracles and, and healings and, and people getting free and powerful things like that. But also, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been like this prophetic building blocks where he's coming in with pieces and he's coming in with building blocks because God wants to build on what he began so it can go from a moment to a mission and he can sustain what he's doing and, and really, uh, man, reach cities and reach our city and uh, especially in our young people. And uh, what I'm going to talk to you about today, I really want you to lean in, especially this service. You know, we, uh, there's another service coming in after you. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to lean into the word. Uh, Pastor Keith, what he shared at, uh, at the end of worship there, I mean, that's really prophetic what God's going to do today. Because some of us, um, we, we have a type of blockage. And I want to let you know God's going to clear that blockage out today. And we're going we're gonna to see freedom take place at another level. It's taken place at one level. But God wants it to take place at another level. And he's been moving in our youth and in our kids. Uh, I was with our youth for, I think, almost three hours uh, Friday night. Um, I, yeah, I preached. I prayed I, I, over them. I just, I just had them stay with me at the altar as long as they could. And uh, God is raising up some warriors. And, you know, some of those kids, some of those, when I'm saying kids, I'm talking about youth, those youth, um, one of the reasons why I just kind of wanted them to stay there with me as long as possible, because some of them, some of them, I feel like we're sending them out to wolves. And, uh, but God spoke to me. He said, you know how you defeat a wolf? You raise up a warrior. And, uh, and that's what we're, wanna, what, what, what we're doing. And so um, I want to talk to you today. Oh, by the way, I just want to let everybody know big Bibles are in. They are back. It's the new trend, okay? Come on, how, how many of you like a big Bible? Big Bibles are in. You know what I'm saying? It's like Air Jordans, skinny jeans, and big Bibles. They all in the flow, baby. I'm loving this big Bible. Got big old words in it. Come on, where are my old folk at? You know what I'm talking about. Man, I can read that word whether I have my glasses on or not. I like that. <laughs> okay. I want you to, let's put Malachi. I'm, a, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk us through some scriptures here and I want you to lean in because I really need to get to the end of the service because that's where God is gonna do 
an amazing work. It's going to be a suddenly. It's going to be a quick work because he's been preparing us for this moment. What he's doing is he's putting in pieces in his church and with the kids and the parents and the fathers and the youth. And, and, uh, and we're going to keep building on this. Look at Malachi 4. Verses four through six. We welcomed our campuses, right? Welcome all of our campuses right now. Sorry, y'all. Y'all know I'm with you. Uh, look, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Now look at this. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So we remember when Jesus came, right? And they were saying, hey, I, I thought that, that, that Elijah was supposed to come. And Jesus said, well, he, he did. He was, the, the purse, it's a spirit. And he came in the form of John the Baptist saying, prepare the way of the Lord. And so this prophecy, it speaks to when Jesus came the first time, but it's also speaking of the return of Christ which is the day of the Lord. This is talking about as we get closer to the end or the end times. And he says, uh, I'll send you the Elijah, the, the prophet, so we know that's the spirit of Elijah, kind of that fire in the Holy Spirit. And look what he's gonna do. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. God meaning, what he's meaning by that is when the hearts of the children are not connected to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers are not connected to the children. And there's, all, there's a spiritual component of this. There's a natural component of this. There's a community component of this. When that's not happening, the earth is cursed. God's saying, I can't do what I want to do. And if I had a title for this message today, I'm just gonna put it out there because this is what we're talking about. It would be Satan values our children. Satan values our children. I know what some of you are thinking, you're thinking, well, well yes, yeah, well, so well, God values our, our children a whole lot more. Well, of, of course, but I think, especially people that go to church, yeah, we know God loves our children and God loves us and God, I, I think what we don't understand is how important kids and youth are to Satan and how Satan has to have them to accomplish his purposes. So as we get into this, also that word Satan, I wanna remind everyone, yes, there is a chief Satan, a head Satan, but that word Satan means adversary. So it speaks to the plurality of the enemies of God, the enemies of me. He's talking about all the spiritual forces of wickedness. Okay, Satan is very smart. They have a plan. They have their, they, there's, there's a purpose and an agenda that he's trying to carry out. I'm gonna get to that at the, when I do the Age of Man uh, series or the End Time series later on, but I just, we need to understand how important our children are to Satan. Now, it's for his self-serving purposes and he wants to kill them and destroy them but he's got to have them to accomplish what he wants to do. Now I'm going to show you this. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just pray, Lord, God, for these next 30 minutes, help us to lean in, Lord. Help us to have ears to hear. This is so important. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, 
Look at this, Luke chapter two, verse 41. It says, his parents, this is, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, this is Jesus. Everybody say, when Jesus was 12. When he was 12 years old, look, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. Look at this. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. I mean, come on, mom and dad. Y'all rolled up out to Timber. Y'all rolled up out to Jerusalem. It took you a whole day to realize that your son was gone. How many of you parents feeling a little bit better about leaving your kid at the mall that time or forget, forgetting, to, <laughs> forgetting to pick them up from baseball practice? And so look, they, real, they realize he's not there. Keep going. It says, so after three days, they found him in the temple in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's, what? Business. But they did not understand the statement which you spoke to him. See, church, our role as parents, I'm talking about the community of the church, our role, fathers, our role is to raise our kids up. I'm talking about in the spiritual community of the church. Yes, your natural uh, kids, of course. Raise them up in the community of the church, look, and teach them our heavenly father's business. And they are to start to learn that business at a very young age, how to praise, how to pray, how to stand on the word, how to process pain in a healthy way. And the best thing that we can do is parents, watch this, the best thing that we can do is lead by example, is to be authentic. In other words, when you make a mistake, when you say something wrong, every one of my kids, several times I'd have, I'd have, I've had to go to them and say that I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I overreacted about that. You know, I said this, but you took it this way. That's not what I meant. I'm so, so sorry. You know, the awesome thing about kids, they are so quick to forgive. They're so impressionable. Watch, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. See, see, it, it's like, I'm okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm about to show you the power of youth. Now look at, look at this. Go to, go to Mark. Look at Jesus. Now, these are little kids. These are like preschoolers. Look, it says, then they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. So, you know, why are you bringing them to preschoolers? You know, they're, 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 you could say they're not important or Jesus has other people to pray for or whatever. But look at this. When Jesus saw it, he was what? Greatly displeased. Only time in the New Testament. And this story is so important, it's brought out in another gospel. It's talk, talked about twice. He says, look, let the children come unto me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Or surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms. I love this. This is a picture. We are seated. What does Jesus say? We need to have faith like a child. What does it also say? We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. He takes these kids up. It's a picture of Jesus on his throne. 
with the children of God seated with him. Look, and he takes them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Here's what Jesus, when Jesus wanted to show a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like, the picture that he showed us is that of a child. Let me tell you about children. See, see, a lot of times we think children, oh, they're innocent, they're so impressionable. Like that's, that, that's a negative thing. Well, see, if you, the way God intended it, it's a very positive thing. Because if you follow someone that's totally loving, totally good, and totally benevolent, total trust is a very good thing. Adam and Eve, when they, you could say, even though they were adults, Adam and Eve were basically like children. They trusted God. The enemy came in and took advantage of that. And that's what the enemy does to our kids. He comes in and he takes advantages of that. And while they're soft little clay, so moldable and impressionable, he comes in and tries to bring the worst type of pain and hate and hurtful things and abuse. Because here's what he knows. If while that clay is still soft, the seed of God's word will get into them. And if they start to be molded in the image of God and in the purposes of God and they learn about the family business and the father's heart, then guess what? Then when they get to their youth, now there's this energy. Now there's this invincibility. How many of you remember when you were a teenager? Did you, I thought I was invincible. Now, unfortunately, I was serving the devil you know what I'm saying? But I thought, I mean, I'd see all the commercials. Don't do this, don't do that. I'd be like, they ain't gonna fake me. Like, I, I, I feel I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm invincible. See, that's a positive thing. Let me tell you something about young people. Here's the thing about young people as opposed to us older people. And I'm gonna show you how important, I say older, I'm just talking about youth. You can say youth and adults. You can say youth and older people, whoever. Everybody follow me. And you see this all throughout the Bible. I mean, Abraham was 100 when he had Isaac. I mean, Paul's first missionary journey, he was 59. Most of the rest of the disciples were like teenagers. You have to have the young and the old. You have to have the father and the child and the child and the father all connected to the father's heavenly business. This is what God has to have to accomplish his purposes. But the, but the, youth, but the youth, when they get to that age, it's like, it's like they don't have to unlearn anything. See, as adults, we have all these painful experiences and baggage and all that kind of stuff. And so when there's a move of God, there's a lot of things we have to unlearn. Guess what? Some of us are gonna do that at the end of service. We have to unlearn and then we have to learn. Youth, they just have to learn. That's it. Think of David, he's 16, right? So there's a whole uh, Israelite army terrified, Saul and all this huge armor and they've got all this past experience with the Philistines and all this kind of stuff going on. Here's, here's David, he's 16, he doesn't know any of that. And he rolls up in there and he's like, what are, you, what are y'all doing? Why isn't anybody fighting this, this, this giant over here? And they're like, well, this and that, you don't have the right armor and we're concerned about this and then this or that, he's like, yeah, but, but doesn't God's word say that God will defeat whoever defies him? He didn't have to unlearn anything. Saul tried to complicate it. Well, hold on, you're just a youth and this and that, but here, take my armor and this. And, and David's like, I don't, I, I, here's what I know. He's defying God. God is bigger than him, even though he is a giant. God is way bigger than a giant. And it's not about my weapons or armor or anything else. Watch this. 
I just have to use what I know. I don't need to unlearn the slingshot and learn your armor. I just need to use what I know and God will use what I know. You might not, you might be young in here, you might not know a lot of Bible, guess what? God will use what you know. You might not think you have it all together, God will use what you know. You might think that God can't use you, oh yes he can. He will use what you know. He will use your testimony. He will use your life. Just give God what you know and watch him use you. Look at this, look at this. Mm, here's where we're going. Look at Psalm 8-2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. You could say the cry of children and infants. Now watch, remember, spiritually we're all the children of God, right? This is why it's so important to teach our kids praise. Because here's what happens. Pain comes. And if they don't learn how to turn their pain into praise, that's where the enemy can get a foothold in their life and start to speak labels and lies and all those things that Satan speaks. What, what did Keith say? He says what his baby was born, what, there was a blockage in the lungs. The baby couldn't cry. So what happened? The doctors applied pressure. And what did the baby do? Because they knew the doctors, they knew how, how they applied pressure. And that caused the baby to cry out. We have to practice and we have to teach when the pains and pressures of life come. We don't turn that cry inward. We turn it outward and upward to God. And here's what God says. He says, look. He says, look, I will, I will establish a stronghold over you. God inhabits this, the praises of his people. That means God will come down. God will silence. You don't think God is jealous for you, jealous for our kids? When they start to praise God and God sees what the enemy is doing to their life, he is going to come down. Let me tell you something. The devil is terrified of God. He's terrified of you using the name of Jesus. He is terrified of your kid praising God. You know what I thought? Last, last Sunday, Carrie and I, when we were worshiping, we went into the children's church. If you were here, you saw that. They showed on the screen. And we prayed over those kids. They're writing down their prayers, which, by the way, can I tell you this? So many of their prayers are, Lord, give me a dad. Or I want to reunite with my father. Now, listen, sometimes that is not going to happen. Watch men, watch guys, but we can be their father. We, we can step in. See, here's the thing. This is the, back, back in the day, I mean, even up to the 1950s, definitely, and Carrie's got a great message on this about the batah, about the family. The community raised the kids. Honestly, while Mary and Joseph didn't know Jesus, Jesus was gone, it was a whole community of uncles and brothers and friends and all that. They're, they're all watching the kids. They're all teaching them about the family business and the family values. Do you see what I'm saying? We all have a responsibility, not just your natural kids. Man, listen, 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 listen. 
Some of you, I'm talking to parents, I'm talking specifically to men, listen, some of you, the enemy has had you down because of the mistakes that you've made. Guess what? Today you are gonna realize that the negative things that have happened to you, watch, they have made, there's some negative things that have happened, but they've also happened and they've made you who you are today. And if you can just turn that, if you can turn that to God, if you can get, if you can forgive, if you can step in, I'm telling you, God will use you to develop some warriors. When we, when we went in, when Carrie and I went into the children's church, I've never, I walked in there and they're all there. And I felt something. We're about to pray over them. We're about to arm them with the word. Tell them who they are in Jesus. I went over there. I was in the children's church. I felt something. I didn't, it's like, man, well, this is, I feel God. It's good, but it was something else I was sensing in the spirit. And it took me a while, and then I recognized it. You know what the feeling was? It was just like if you would go in your house and you caught someone stealing something out of your bedroom. You caught somebody in your house doing damage that wasn't supposed to be there. And right then when I saw that picture, God spoke to me and said, the enemy is exposed and he's terrified. And you teach these kids how to quote the word of God and how to read who God says they are because Satan is a liar. Can I just give you a few people in the Bible called by God? Do you know, do you know almost all the stories and things that we read about in the Bible in adult church are about teenagers and kids? Do we realize that? Look, look, look at this. Young people, God called here. This is just some of them. Just made like a quick list, okay? Look, David just talks about him, 16 years old. So when God said, I'm going to anoint a king over Israel, a man after my own heart, you know where he went? Riot. <laughs> Look at this. Samuel, God called him at 12. He's my favorite prophet. 12. Look, Mary, most scholars believe when she gave birth to Jesus, she was 14 years old. Don't worry, I told our youth. Look, Mary, that was supernatural, virgin birth, Holy Spirit. It was different back in the day. I'm sure your mom and dad will agree with me. You get married when you're about 28. Okay, and then, all right. Do you know the disciples? There were a couple of them that were in their early 20s. Do you know most of the disciples were between the ages of 15 and 18? So if Jesus here is like, okay, I'm going to bring my 12 disciples. Guess where he's going? Riot? And a couple from sub 30. <laughs> but watch, 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 guys. And I can't, I don't know this. This is in Stovall's questionable commentary. Okay. But I just have a hunch. The Apostle Paul, God called him much older. His first missionary journey, church, he was 59 years old. And you know why I believe. One of the, God uses an older person to kind of bring, he, he's the one who really replaced 
Judas. I know there were, he, spiritually speaking, he really replaced Judas. I believe because Paul had the wisdom and the life experience and the pain. Remember, there's one passage where he rebukes Peter when Peter starts leaning into stuff. See, here's, we have to have the young and the old. You have to have the Paul and the Timothys. You have to have the Abrahams and the Isaacs and the Jacobs. Are you following me here? You have to have Elijah and Elisha. You have to have all of it. God is a multi-generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And we have to understand that we all have our place in everything. Uh, if there's a missing piece, God can't accomplish what he wants to do in the earth. Look at this. Joseph, y'all know the story of Joseph? I mean, Joseph, coat of many colors, sold into slavery, all the things that he went through, the disciples, Jeremiah 17, Daniel, Daniel chapter one, the first Daniel fast. Uh, he's 15 years old. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the middle schoolers. <laughs> middle schoolers in that fiery furnace. Look at them, look at this. Miriam, when she saved Moses out of the river, she was eight. God needs to save the deliverer. What if God, like, God showed up and was like, okay, there's a deliverer that's gonna save this nation and, and I need someone, he's in danger, I need someone to rescue him. So let's go to see kids. I need an eight-year-old girl. You know when God would say that? God would say that if it's a church that understands the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and their spiritual parents in this place and we've told them who they are in Christ and we've told them no weapon formed against them will prosper and we told them God's called them and anointed them and they might be the next Miriam and they might be the next Esther and they might be the next Josiah or they might be the next Solomon or they might be the next David or Joseph or Mary. In that spirit, now let me show you another thing. Now people call, people, young people, God called, not the last one. That's where I, there's an asterisk there. That's Salome, that's Herodias' daughter. How many of you are familiar with the story of John the Baptist and his beheading? You know who God used? A middle schooler. He wanted to stop a move of God. He had this young girl dance before Herod. He became so sexually enticed in that state of mind. He promised her anything up to half the kingdom. She said, bring me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. He didn't need an army. He needed a 14-year-old. Do you all know the history of North Korea? Pyeongchang. We're all familiar with Kim Jong-il, right? Ruthless dictator, all, all that kind of stuff. Did you know that North Korea... Kim Jong-il's great-great-grandfather was a preacher, ordained Presbyterian preacher. Did you know that North Korea was called at one time the Jerusalem of the East? Did you know some of the biggest revivals and moves of God and missionary sending at one time came out of North Korea? You know what happened? That great-great-grandfather, political some political persecution, something happened politically and they had to go to China. They had to flee to China for a while in some type of uprising. And the great-grandfather took his son, who's Kim Jong-il's great-grandfather, 
okay? Took him to China. He was 14 years old. That's where he got introduced into Marxism and joined a Marxist group over there and was trained in the ways of Marxism. Ended up renouncing his father's faith. Came back and then through that lineage, his son, Kim Jong-il's grandfather, his grandson, that's his father, and Kim Jong-il today have turned that place into the one, one of the most murderous and dangerous regimes on the planet. Satan didn't need an army. He needed a 14-year-old that had lost his way and didn't have the guidance from the church or his parents that he needed. Am I making y'all uncomfortable? Let me make you more uncomfortable. You know who else understood the power of youth? Who Satan used? Show that pic. That's Hitler. He's not standing before the Nazi army. You know who he's standing before? The Hitler youth. The Hitler youth, if you study the, the, the Nazi, you go to Stalin, you could go to every, every single kind of ruthless, murderous uh, regime that wreaked havoc, havoc on the earth. Here's what they knew. They knew without the youth, they couldn't accomplish what they wanted to do. The youth, the Hitler youth, that was the backbone of the Nazi ideology. Here's the thing, here's why. This is why youth are so important to Satan. He has to have them or he can't advance his causes. You know who else understands this? The media understands this. Fashion understands this. Politics, who you think fashion's marketing to? Me? <laughs> the youth decide what's trendy and what's not. You wanna know this? Regardless of what you think about gun control or whatever or anything else, whatever the youth decide, that's what is gonna end up happening. That's what's gonna end up happening. Whatever the youth decide on different issues, that's the way that the country goes. Why? Because the youth, there's, there is an energy there, you could say an anointing, good and bad, on the youth. Whatever they decide, that's what happens. Hitler had his right nights. Do we, do we, do, do, do are, are our, are our children, are, are they as important to us as Satan? Do we understand what's at stake here? Keep going, keep going. What's next? I don't even know what's next. Real quick, bring me that bow and arrow. I'm running out of time. Where's my bow and arrow? Look at this. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Come over here. I'm shooting at you. Okay. <laughs> I need another person to come up here and hold, hold this mic. Come on, real quick. Look, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, look, so are the children of one's youth. Look, happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. You know what this tells me? 
I'm not really shooting at you. Did you think I was? <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> Just go, go back there. If I hurt anything, watch this. Look, happy as a man. What does that? What? What, are, what does that tell you? Youth are what? They're weapons. They're God's arrows. They're, they're, they're like, that's, that's our arms. That's our ammunition. Why the energy of the youth, how, how they are, they can go further, they can go faster. It's their generation. They have, listen, the message is the same. The method is different. The youth know how to reach their generation. Why did God call all those kings and deliverers and all that when they were young? Because they were gonna reach that generation. And just like he trusted Abraham, he knew when they got old, they would understand that they have to pass that down to the next generation and so on and so on and so on. And when that stops, you lose a generation look so look youth are like come on give me I'm listen you know what watch this when you have youth as your arrows you don't even have to be a good aim although I nailed that curtain right there you don't even have to I mean you can just keep firing that devil's gonna keep losing uh-oh, I don't have any arrows. I don't, I don't have any ammunition. Church, do you see? You know what so many churches are like? They're walking around with bows and no arrows. Come on. Will you give God some praise for what he's about to do? Go through these scriptures real fast. I just want to make a point here, and then we're going to pray. Look, I'm just wondering, have you ever realized how many kids and youth in the Bible are demon-possessed? Now watch, once the blood of Jesus happens, they can't be possessed, but they can still be oppressed. I just want to show you how Satan goes after our kid. Look, okay, so look, teacher, I bought you my son who has a mute spirit. There's a, there's a son, most scholars say he was around 12. Keep going. Keep going. Look, a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. Jesus ends up casting that out, healing her young girl. They think maybe she was eight. Keep going. So here's, here's the slave girl possessed by a spirit of divination. Once again, they think she was about 14. Keep going. Now watch this. This talks about the end times. I want you to go down to verse, it says we're going to preach, the gospel must first be, first be preached. Go down to verse 12. It says, now brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Fathers, you know how we betray our children? We don't teach them the family business. See, here's, the, here's where youth, as I said, youth used to be raised by elders, dads and uncles and friends and, and all that kind of stuff. You know how youth are being raised today? By their peers. Do you know how dangerous that is? Peers are supposed to be peers, not parents. Peers have turned into parents and we've gotten 
Oh, you just got exposed, Satan. We rebuke you off of this generation in Jesus' name. That's why, they're, that's why they, they seem fatherless. Now watch this. Watch this. I'm getting the good news right now. Okay? Put, put, the, put the, that YouTube. I don't, go, don't go to YouTube right now, but put the YouTube. I just want you to see this. Don't start the music yet. Keep the music away. Just stay right there. You don't look this up now. Look, look. Fatherless children's school shooting. You can go listen to it. Do you know every school shooter has been fatherless? Every single one. Do you see? Here's the good news. Do you know every time this is biblically and historically, I could take you to nations in Africa and the Middle East, all these things. Do you know every time before God is about to move and save a generation and raise up a deliverer, he kills children. He kills youth. He either kills them oppresses them, tries to own them. Think about Moses. What did the Pharaoh do when he heard the rumors? Killed every male child under two. What did Herod do when the wise men told him, here's the star prophetically, here's what this means? What did Herod do? Killed the children. See, Satan, he knows youth are his biggest threat and both his biggest asset. All those school shootings happening in America today, you know why Satan is so stirred up? He knows a deliverance is coming. He knows a revival is coming. He knows a move of God is coming. Oh, and he's trying to use what he can use. But I'm telling you that God's going to work all things for good. I'm telling you he's overplayed his hand. I'm telling you that the emptiness inside of this generation, they're looking for a father. And I'm telling you our heavenly father is going to speak to them through us. And they're going to get their identity in God. And they're going to go out as warriors. Now, here's what we're doing. Put that scripture up there. Here's the key. Are you ready? Parents, I need you to watch this. No, that's not it. Go back to Malachi. Look, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. The reason, I'm going to speak to the men for a second. Please, I'm going to ask you, just please try not to move unless it's an absolute emergency. Just please Kids are getting killed, man. Listen. God showed me that the reason so many men aren't stepping in to having that father. And I'm not, I'm, yes, you're natural kids. I'm talking as a community. Is everybody hearing me? Aren't stepping in and help being an example, encouraging and affirm. Because watch this. Because their father they had an absent father or 
they had a male authority figure that hurt them. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a boss. Maybe it was an older cousin. Whatever that was, there was a male, watch, there was a male authority figure. So here's the thing. This works always, because why? We're all the children of God, right? We're children, and God's our heavenly Father. So here's how our hearts turn to the fathers and hearts turn to the children. It doesn't mean that you know, you're so proud of what this male authority figure did. It doesn't mean that. You know what it means? It means your heart is in the right place because you've first given your heart to your heavenly father. Are you following me? So here's what God showed me. Here's the, the clog. Here's the blockage. There's many men in here. And there's women too, but I specifically, I'm, don't worry women, I'm gonna, y'all are always praising and praying. I got you. If it wasn't for you, revival wouldn't be here. I gotta help our men right now. Okay? Gotta help them. Gotta help them. You're not going to find a church in America that believes in empowering women and women leadership and women pastors more than celebration. Okay? So listen. But men, if there is an authority figure in your life that hurt you and you know that has left a wound that maybe hasn't been resolved or you truly haven't forgiven, watch. The pressure... You've turned that inward. God's saying, no, I want you to forgive and give me some praise. And I'll create a Holy Spirit stronghold over your life. And you'll be able to step in and be the father or the male authority figure that God's called you to be. He's going to break every curse. Okay? So here's what I'm asking for right now. I'm asking for every man. I want you to be honest. I'm asking for every man. If you've been hurt. I'm not talking about your dad says something. Is everybody following me? I, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you've been hurt or there was an abandonment or neglect or whatever. And any male authority figure that you know there's, there's a wound there. We're gonna forgive and God is gonna fill that place in your heart with his power. And we're gonna praise God and you're gonna step in to being the man of God. And then when that happens, watch, then you're gonna be able to reach down and you're gonna be able to help so many kids today that have been hurt by male authority figures. You follow me? So on the count of three, I don't think we have room here at the altar, on the count of three, if that's you, men, or whichever, whoever I'm talking to, I want you to stand up on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I want you to stand up right now wherever you are. Come on, stand up. This is your moment. It's your moment. Stand up right now. Come on, get my hand, everybody. Stand up. All of our locations, stand up. Don't be embarrassed. Some of you have been hurt by male authority figures maybe your parents don't even know about. Stand up right now because you're gonna get healed and you're gonna become the man of God and the Father that God's called you to be. Come on. Watch this.
Father, in Jesus' name, just stay standing. In Jesus' name, God, we forgive. Not because they deserve it, but because you forgave us. And we're not going to let what happened to us hinder us or block us from being the men of God and the fathers and the authority figures that you've called us to be. I want you to look at me right now. Everybody look at the guys. Look, look at me. Look at me if you're standing up. Look at me. I'm standing in the place right now of that person that hurt you or left you or whatever the case was. He's standing right here. I'm an imperfect human as well. And I don't know all the things, but here's what I know. I know that when the devil gets involved, anybody is capable of anything. Terrible things. So I want you to look at me. I'm standing in the place of that man or men that hurt you. And I, I want you to forgive me. I want you to say it out loud. Say it out loud. Thank you. Thank you. Just say it out loud. You, you don't have to holler it. I want you to say it out loud. Say it out loud to me. Just, just wherever you are, just say it. Say it. Father, right now we forgive and release those people that hurt us. And God, I just speak your anointing, your Elijah anointing over these men. Look, 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 what happened to you, yes, it hurt you, but you know what? It made you who you are today. And sometimes you see that and you're like, I'm never gonna do that. Do you see what I'm saying? Listen, it made you tougher. You, God brought you through pain and God is gonna use that in this next season for you to bring life to people that are going through the same thing. I'm telling you. So here's what we're gonna do. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna give God praise for every male authority figure that has hurt us we're going to praise God for them because without them, we wouldn't have been who we are today, right now. And that's men of God being used by God. And here's why I want the ladies to stand up. If you've been hurt by a male authority figure, I want you to stand up right now. I want you to stand up right now. Stand up right now. You're joining us for this. Come on, we're almost done. We're almost done. I know there might be couples in here and you're too embarrassed to stand up, that's okay. Just go to God at home, okay? But we need, to, we need to get right what we need to get right because there's a generation counting on us to raise them in the family business. So say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And Father, you are my true Father. You are my heavenly Father. And so Father, I trust in you and I forgive every male authority figure that has hurt me, that has neglected me, that has abused me. And Lord, I give you praise for them. I, come on, do it. I give you praise 
for them. God, I pray you forgive them. But Lord, I thank you for them. Because without them, God, I wouldn't be able to be who I am today that's gonna be used mightily by God. It was bad, but what the enemy meant for bad, God is using for good. Come on, church, I want you to stand up. I want you to give God praise. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.